This is a Federal News Network podcast. This month marks 10 years since agencies were directed to protect classified information by setting up insider threat programs. The Obama-era executive order led to dozens of agencies setting up insider threat programs from scratch and also created the National Insider Threat Task Force to oversee the protection efforts. The current director of the task force, Bob Rohr, spoke with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday about the progress that's been made so far and the future of insider threats. Ten years ago, there was probably a handful of federal organizations that really looked at the insider threat problem and challenge the human challenge as kind of a standalone effort. It was kind of a it was a, a term or a buzzword thrown around within counterintelligence or within security programs, but it wasn't really viewed as a standalone effort. So that paradigm shift for the federal government was was pretty significant. The community progressed, I would say, rather quickly given that this was a rather significant shift of, uh, of practice. Moving forward 10 years into this, we're no longer trying to sell that, that new paradigm. It exists. We have 100 departments and agencies across the federal government that all have insider threat programs. Again, they don't have to be called an insider threat program. But they have a program that meets the, the requirements. They have a program that has a centralized capability to look at various different behaviors across the workforce, contextualize them, and do something about that. But I think there's an, another important part of looking at progress of the community today that, that I think is quite significant, and, is, and, and that is it is a community. We don't just have 100 different silos of excellence across the, the federal government. We have community resources together. We have community working groups. We have a legal working group sponsored by you know, one, of our, one of our partners. And, and we lead the national effort out of the National Insider Threat Task Force, but we have so many partners out there willing to lead other pieces of this community. So Department of Defense has worked with us to professionalize insider threat as a, as a career. Uh, we have codified within the intelligence community a competency resource guide that defines what an insider threat professional is, what those uh, core requirements are, those core qualifications are. We've built a certification program along with our, our partners out there, with uh, our partners in DOD to professionally certify insider threat professionals within the federal government. So we've, we've created not just kind of a concept and not just a program, we've created a mission space here that um, is, again, not just thriving within the federal government, but um, is really uh, taking root in our public and private sector partners out there for the, the greater national security interests of protecting critical infrastructure or protecting our, our economic security. So, Got it. And, and, you know, I wanted to turn to some of the, the issues of, of today. Um, you recently discussed how controlled unclassified information is, is one of your, your biggest issues today. And insider threat programs have traditionally been geared to the classified space, obviously. So, so how do you expand into this unclassified space? And, and from the task force perspective, what kind of guidance are you giving agencies in that regard? One of the things that the, the task force is... Uh, charged with is continuing to work with the community and to, ana- uh, to, to do analysis, to look for trends, to look for concerns that are common to the community, and to, to advocate for them. So the community as a whole, as they are doing kind of this, you know, through all their other exercises of looking, doing their risk management uh, practices from the inf- information security, the InfoSec side, 
they know that their crown jewels uh, across the government are are largely unclassified outside of the intelligence community, and certainly you know modern events have shown us that we need to protect all sorts of our information, uh, that our PII is just as important as, as anything. And, and we owe the American people, we owe them the, the due diligence to protect any information that we're trusted with. So we're big advocates for, for using insider threat programs to address challenges in the workforce that could compromise controlled unclassified. We're partnered with NARA ISU for working forward under their authorities. How can we put out some joint guidance? So we're pretty dedicated to working with, with, with our, to the full extent of our authorities, but also partnering with, with those across the government that have authorities of their own that can kind of drive this mission space. And, and you know, related to the controlled unclassified question, you know, we've seen a lot of discussion about how private sector is a big target for, you know, U.S. adversaries. To, to what extent is, you know, the task force working with the private sector, looking at that problem, looking to work more closely with what have you, defense contractors and other companies? So I'll, I'll put an, uh, an NITTF hat on. So from the NITTF perspective, we're advocates for a consistent narrative from the federal government about what insider threat is and what the appropriate organizational type of program sh- should kind of look like to respond to that. It's a requirement for the federal government, but we also support all of our federal partners out there that have that engagement role with the public and private sector, uh, such as, you know, we support Treasury's support of the financial industry. We we support DHS's engagement with multiple critical infrastructure sectors. I have a second hat, and the folks here have, have a second hat, most of us do, where we are also part of the National Counterintelligence and Security Center. So the 2020 to 2022 National Counterintelligence Strategy very clearly articulates that we're facing an, kind of an unprecedented threat, foreign intelligence threat from, from big, great power competitors. So we're seeing more adversarial threat. So it's not just great state nations. We're seeing uh, non-state actors. And all of them have, have greater technical capabilities. They have greater capabilities as a whole. And they are well going after a much broader set of targets than the old spy versus spy days of, uh, you know, the KGB versus the CIA. That's not where the biggest battle is being fought right now. The biggest battle is being fought in the private sector. It's in our critical infrastructure. It's in our, it's in our uh, economic base. It's the theft of our intellectual property. With that hat on, with the NCSC hat on, we have a responsibility to, to advocate for any of the tools that we know are effective in countering foreign intelligence threat. And you know, insider threat programs are obviously one of the big keys for identifying and, 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 and hardening the workforce to protect the workforce from its exploitation by our, by our adversaries. We hear all the time about a cyber attack here or a cyber attack there. Sometimes you get a little of the nuance that, yeah, that was a cyber attack, but it was really a compromised set of credentials. So it was an unwitting insider threat. It was a phishing or a spear phishing campaign, which is, you know, somebody within an organization has compromised the, the system. And we, we were working very hard to harden that perimeters, harden the firewalls and, and protect the information, lock it down, zero, zero trust architecture where nothing's really trusted on a system and doesn't move very easily. Well, 
well, in the long run, from an experienced and, a, and an intelligent adversarial threat that's very capable of moving across those threat vectors, you harden the tech surface. It just means that if they still want your information or they still want after your resources, then maybe they have to go after your humans a little bit harder. So I think as we go forward, I think I think it's just as important to keep the insider threat discussion as robust as the cyber threat discussion because they're, they're hand in hand. That's Bob Rohr, director of the National Insider Threat Task Force, talking with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. You can subscribe to The Federal Drive on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, And then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most 
was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes, when I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they gonna say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. 
It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is, is continuous, it's nonstop and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the US Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.